This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out knocked out so your only choice should be go focus on what you can control 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 hi everyone and welcome to the Kara golden show join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders we'll talk with founders entrepreneurs ceos and really some of the most interesting people of our time can't wait to get started let's go let's go Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. Very excited to chat with her about her book. We have Karen Eber, who is the author of The Perfect Story. And uh, I knew Karen way long ago, not so long ago, but it seems like way long ago when uh, she was a senior level executive at Deloitte and such an amazing, amazing uh, human and executive. And now she's written an absolutely terrific book, which by the way, I have right here, The Perfect Story, in case you're watching this on video. Uh, So Karen dives into the science of storytelling in the book, how it can shape culture and why great leaders need to understand the power of great story. But as I said, she has had an amazing career and is herself a passionate leader with over 20 years of experience in various senior level roles, ranging from Deloitte to HP to General Electric. And now she runs her own company called Eber Leadership Group, where she works with a number of corporations. She also has an amazing TED Talk that if you haven't heard of that, definitely uh, look that up too and have a listen because it is excellent and uh, definitely trending for sure. So I can't wait to get into the book. So without further ado, Karen, welcome. Kara, what a welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Very excited to to have you here today for sure. So uh, the book is just coming out. I was lucky enough to get an early copy. As I said, you've had an amazing journey and experience uh, with a lot of very well-known companies, and now you're running your own company. What inspired you to write The Perfect Story now? I kept getting questions from different leaders of how do I communicate more effectively or how are you telling that story? Especially when my talk went on TED and it took off, people are like, show me how to do that. And I think people know storytelling is interesting, powerful, exciting, all of the the things, but nobody really is sure how to do it. They see someone tell a story and they do it effortlessly and they just think I'm not a good storyteller. And I believe there's this way that you can lean into the science to understand it and apply it in your stories and follow a step-by-step approach that has you sit in the intersection of art and science and be a great storyteller. So I wrote it to make storytelling accessible. So how do you define the perfect story? 
Yeah, it's a bit of a play on words is that as the title. The title came from the end of my TED Talk. The last line is don't wait for the perfect story. Take your stories and make them perfect. Because the perfect story isn't sitting on a shelf that you take out and you buy and it's like ready to wear. You get stories to be perfect by working them through the process for what it is you want that audience to come away knowing, thinking, feeling, or doing. And the perfect story takes into account the audience and it takes into account their attention, their interests, and pulls different levers to make it land most effectively for them. Definitely. Uh, So I'm all about telling stories. I've been a storyteller my whole life and also loved listening to stories. And I think uh, I 100% understand the effectiveness of being able to tell stories, not only in leading companies, but also engaging uh, engaging people on, on your teams, uh, your children, um, your friends, whatever it is. I mean, story, being a storyteller is, is absolutely essential. Can you share more about what happens in our brains? I thought this was so interesting because of course I didn't really understand the science of it was just a believer in the outcome. Uh, but when we listen to pure information versus stories. Yeah. Well, when you're listening to information, there's this walnut-sized part of your brain on the side of your head called Wernicke's area that takes words in as you're listening or reading, and it compares it to your internal lexicon dictionary of of your vocabulary. And it looks and says, do we have this stored here? Do we know what this is? Or do we have no idea what it is? It's like immediate comprehension. And that's it. But when you're listening to a story and it's talking about, if I'm talking about walking on the beach and, you know, the wind is blowing and we hear the sound of the waves crashing on shore, like almost like a cymbal crash, and you can taste that salty air on your lips, your senses start lighting up and more of your brain is engaged and it not only catches your interest, it starts to be more memorable. So First thing is from a real estate perspective alone, like stories are amazing from that. You're going to go from, do I understand these words to, oh, now I'm here beside you on the beach. Let's go. I'm ready. The second thing is that as you are listening to a story or you're reading, you have the same neural activity as the person telling the story. Or if you're watching a movie, your brain says you are a character in the movie. So when you're sitting in the theater and you're not moving, but your heart is racing as the characters like running across rooftops, that's because this neural coupling is taking place where your brain simulates this activity as though you're there. It's almost an artificial reality. And so stories give you this opportunity to put yourself in these situations you've never experienced and think about what would I do, which stores in your long-term memory and it informs your decision-making. It's such a dynamic way to interact with information and doesn't take that much more planning when you're communicating to do it. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn. 
quicker and easier than you ever imagined too. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, The Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that The Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. 
Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. It's so interesting. I've always said that, you know, the power of storytelling was clearly evident when I launched our company Hint. I mean, we're an unsweetened flavored water and I kept trying to explain to people, uh, this is an unsweetened flavored water. And then people would say, what's it sweetened with? And I realized that trying to educate people what unsweetened was, was just really hard because it was a new concept for people to kind of get their hands around. But then when I started to tell my why and kind of how my own journey of giving up Diet Coke and what I found and, and really took people through that journey and then other stories along the way, that it was fascinating because then I found people would tell me their stories, right? And that still happens. And I think it's really interesting how people will pull components out of stories and then engage back and share their story, something that's relevant. Not everybody, but many people will do that. Have you found that to be the case as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say, what's really interesting about the Hint story is when you told your version of that, when you were talking about recognizing you wanted something different, because what's happening is the audience member is like, yeah, I really should cut back on soda. I know I should drink more water, but I want something else. And wait, unflavored, wait, there's there's a water alternative and you start peaking interest. So the I like to say uh, the brain is lazy, right? Mm-hmm. It is spending most of its calories making predictions to keep you alive. So when you say something that's unexpected, it forces the brain to be like, wait, what is being said in this story? I want to pay attention. What's going on here? So a really great story is going to catch that and it's going to make you spend some calories and pay attention to what's happening. And when that happens, we automatically start thinking like, have I done this? Is this something I want to do? Is this related to me? Is this something that is important? And it triggers all of our own internal stories. You know that your story is resonating when people come back to you and they tell you that story back because you're getting that, like, here's what this meant to me. Here's what it triggered for me. Yeah, it's so interesting. So what are some of the most common mistakes people make when they're actually sharing a story? The biggest is that you tell the story you want to tell and not the one that the audience needs to hear. We have our favorite hits. We probably tell them maybe a few times with our friends, things that we love or that really feel meaningful to us, but the situation might not call for it. And so stories don't start with the story or the idea. It always starts with the audience and who you're talking to, because you might tell the same story differently. So when you were telling the hint story, you told that differently to potential investors or to potential customers or to family. Like It changed each time because the audience needs something different. And so you always want to start with your audience and what is it that you're trying to get them to think, feel, do differently after? Where's their mindset now and what's an obstacle? Until you get clear on that, you can't get to a story and think about how do I then figure out what idea is going to help me do that and shape it to get there. 
when you just tell the story you want to tell, it's like that relative with the holiday dinner that is telling the story that everyone like melds along at their seat because it's the same one that it's always an uncle, right? That the uncle tells for the the ninth time we're all sitting there mouthing along like this story again. So that's the biggest. Start with the story that's right for your audience, not the one you love. Do you think that there are different stories for uh by gender i'm so curious like i feel like maybe age there might be i when for example when i speak on college campuses i have a very different talk that i give versus um a corporation right uh but i'm so curious if you find that there are certain audiences maybe based on gender maybe not that are more focused on data I think of it more as a persona, just like you do in marketing of who is the persona of this audience and maybe there's a couple. So when I was working on my TED Talk, I was giving it at Purdue University. One of my personas were all the students in the audience. The other were the corporate people that would watch it on video and they have different needs and different interests. And so I was able to plan for both and think about how do I tell a story that connects to both? And I think if you start stop and think about like who is the persona in this audience, if I was trying to summarize why this group of people are together and what it is I want from them, it gives you a different perspective. And sometimes that's generation, sometimes that's geography or where they are in life or something like that that just gives you an extra angle to focus the story. So interesting. So uh, you share a four-part structure in the book. And do you mind going over that? I don't. I will pre give the preamble that the reason I use this is I see so many places use things like the hero's journey, which informs the Star Wars movies. And it's great if you are writing fiction, but for your average person that's like looking to land an idea in a meeting, it is so awkward to think, how do I take my story and back into it? And I can't remember it. And so what I want to do is give people a simple structure that they can use and then experiment with senses and emotions and order and all of these things to tell it the way they need, they want to tell it that's going to work instead of forcing it into one structure. So the four pieces are the context, conflict, outcome, and takeaway. Context, you want to think about a sentence or two that summarizes you know, what is the, the context of the story? What's the setting? Why should the audience care? The second is the conflict. It's the fuel of the story. It's what has to be resolved. What's the tension that you're looking at? The third is the outcome. What do you do as a result of the conflict? And what happens because of that? And then the takeaway is the piece that most people don't do. This is the, what is that overall message that you want your audience coming away feeling or thinking as a result? And so when you get your idea, when you start to map out a sentence or two for each of these, it builds you a structure for the story. It's not going to be the most complete story, but it helps you organize your thoughts. And this is so helpful to do five minutes before you're walking into a conversation because you're not only organizing what you're going to say, it's going to make it so much easier for the audience to follow along in what you're saying. When I was reading uh, your book, I I found myself kind of, uh, you know, focusing in on that and and rechecking myself on my own stories too because I just think it's it's such a 
for anybody, even if you're used to telling stories um, versus, you know, you've never told a story before in your life because you don't think anybody will care. Your book is amazing to just help you get organized, right? And really go back and think about those. How many stories do you think you have in your pocket, I guess, is, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just sort of depends on what you're dealing with, right? It, it's, yes. it might be managing employees versus a negotiation with a client or yes. whatever. Stories is like a hard definition because there's stories fully built out, told, polished, and then there's fragments of ideas. Hundreds though. I tend, because I've done this so long, I tend to think in stories. So sometimes my most favorite things is listening to someone say, I'm trying to figure out this story and I'm not exactly sure how to tell it. And I have them talk me through it and I can just see exactly what we can do to play with that story and how to do it. And so the same thing happens when I hear about something cool. I'm like, oh, I know what I would do with that. Um, That's how you can get to with this. Once you start practicing it, you're like, oh, it gets easier to see where to put pieces and what to experiment with. It's interesting. I'm part of an organization called YPO. And one of the things that we learned uh, as part of our forum is that we would never give our other team members advice. And instead, what you do is you storytell about a situation that is triggered by a problem that has been presented to the group and how, you know, and most of the time you might have something, sometimes you don't have anything that, but basically the storytelling of telling people really your four points of, you know, sharing what the problem that you saw and identifying, you know, what could you do and then what did you do and, and all of those components along the way. So I just think it's, it's a, it's great not only for um, larger audiences, but somebody who's actually going through a problem to share how you got through something, I think, is is absolutely key. How else do you think this can be helpful to organizations? We have a lot of people who are executives who listen to this podcast, but also entrepreneurs. Where can you see this type of storytelling. Maybe it's also empathetic leadership. That's how I sort of view it as well. Um, How do you think this can really be helpful in a work environment? In so many ways. What you just described that you do with YPO is so helpful in a coaching conversation. No one wants unsolicited advice, but when you're sharing a story of your experience, you're inviting me into that experience to walk along and consider what would I do? And what did she do? And what does that mean to me? And so as a development tool, it's huge. When you're trying to broaden thinking, it's great. So I do a lot of work with um, often C-suite teams that have conflict or dysfunction, and they don't want to unpack why. It feels too Mm. vulnerable or there's shame or defensiveness. And so stories are these awesome pattern interrupts, especially if it's a story about a completely different topic. You can interrupt what's happening, have people consider a different perspective, and they get that takeaway and their defensiveness comes down every time. On a team, it's so important when you're having retreats or meetings or offsites, those moments over dinners or when you're you're building time for people to come together, when you do prompts and conversations and encourage people to share stories, you do build empathy towards each other. Oxytocin increases in the brain, which causes an increase in trust, but it also sends this signal of psychological safety of this person feels safe to be around. 
And so you create these shifts in a day-to-day working environment with them. And then you expand that to the team level. If we're talking about mistakes and lessons learned, wow, now we can start thinking about what do we want to do different and operating in this place where it's okay to talk about these things and learn. And and you start to share at the organizational level stories of like what your best teams do, what your best leaders do. And now you're just expanding thinking. And so they really can help educate, but they can inspire people to develop in different ways, try different things and motivate behavior. So the very short answer is everywhere. You can use them everywhere. The problem, I always get the question like, am I going to tell too many stories? I've never heard anyone tell too many stories. I've heard people tell boring stories, but I've never heard anybody tell too many. It's not am I going to use too many? It's that you're not using enough. And it's not just to say for customers or clients, it's, you know, saving the world from one boring meeting at a time. Yeah, definitely. I loved your, your example in the book of Tenant, um, the, the company. Can you share that example? Yeah. Here's a, I, I hate to call it a boring product, but I'll let you kind of share the story about that company. Yeah, I call it a not sexy product. So Tenant is a industrial cleaning supply company. And often I get this like, I I can't tell a story and my topic is boring. And I'm like, let me tell you about a boring topic. Um, Industrial cleaning supplies are not sexy to market. These are often used in school systems. And they launched this campaign called um, Custodians Are Key where schools would nominate custodians for their work. And Tenant had this whole campaign where um, principals and administrators would write a summary about why they were nominating this custodian and what they did to their school. And the first year they did it, the person that won, his name was Chris Cantor out of Ohio. He uh, built on his lunch hour, he would take students and teach them how to build like helicopters and birdhouses and all of these really cool things because he wasn't just teaching them, let's make cool stuff. He was teaching them teamwork and trust and how to do all of these amazing things. And he knew everyone in the school. He was going way beyond cleaning, which he was able to do because the products work so well, like he could shift his focus elsewhere. And so he wins this award. Um, the Tenant gets all of this recognition for this whole campaign. They get a bunch of stories they can tell about all of these custodians that clean in schools. But the super cool thing is they then called each of the schools who nominated someone to thank them for participating. And before the campaign, the administrators that held the budget could not have mentioned tenant by name at all. As a result of these calls, they had a 30% conversion rate to sales because they had goodwill. They had stories. They wanted to celebrate the unsung heroes of their schools. And what seemed like it was a boring topic wasn't because they dug into the people that used it and they told their stories. So I always say, if you feel like your topic's boring, you haven't dug down deep enough to get to the details or the moments that bring it to life. So interviewing, whether you're interviewing for a role or you're interviewing others, I've always found that actually getting people to share stories, uh, again, whether it's you sharing stories or actually pulling stories out of people, you can get to know people a lot more and it sort of puts your guards down a little bit um, in a good way. Uh, Can you share any other specific steps uh, that maybe gets people to share these stories? Are there any 
kind of questions that might be really helpful? Yeah. The first thing is to remember whether it's for an interview or even working with someone. Cause sometimes, you know, when you're talking with clients, you, you, it's kind of an interview. Mm-hmm. The thing that you're trying to do is build an understanding of them in your head. And when you don't do that, they're going to make their own assumptions and that's going to be what they come away knowing about you. And so there's a couple of choices that you have. The first is I always like to say to people, are you trying to be part of an in-group? Meaning that within a company, we're all a member of an in-group under the umbrella of, you know, any company. But within that company, there's different divisions like HR and, and depending on what the company does, maybe engineering, finance. You become an outgroup. So HR is an outgroup to finance because they're different. So in-groups are people that share similar beliefs, aspirations, um, similar day-to-day. Outgroups are where we're different. When you are interviewing, you want to think about how am I sharing an understanding of me that shows where I'm an in-group, meaning I have similar experience. I would be a great fit culturally with what we're trying to do here. I'm going to compliment what you do. And where am I an out-group, meaning I have different knowledge, experience, and things that are going to complement and not compete and elevate your thinking. When you plan that out in advance, it helps you think about how are you bringing these things forward and helping them see not just where you're similar, but where you are wonderfully dissimilar. And with that, you then want to think about what are a few words that you would want that person coming away thinking about you? Mm -hmm. So if I... um I was interviewing for a company and I wanted them to really harness my storytelling. I might think of the phrase that I'm a a storytelling tour guide, right? I'm going to take you to different destinations of understanding and show you some things along the way. And you're going to come away with new insights. So in the interview, I, if you ask me a question about something I would work in, you know, well, you can think of me like a storytelling tour guide and I would connect that to what I did. The reason for having words like this is you are building your understanding in the person's brain. So what you're trying to do is have them come away with, oh, I get who this person is. I get how this relates to what we're doing. I can see where they're a culture fit and a member of the in-group. I can see where they're different. So you play with some of those things and then you work through the similar format of, as you're describing your experience, what was the context? What did you do? What was the outcome? And what did you learn? So same story structure. If you play with those three things of having some keywords that are descriptive and describe you, being really thoughtful of where are you a member of an in-group and similar to them and where are you different, and you have this structured approach to your experience, you're already making it so much easier to influence how they're coming away and thinking about you. I love in in the book, you talk about there's different ways to tell stories, even though you've, you lay out a structure I mean, there's definitely different types of storytellers and you give, I'm not going to give this away, but you give some different examples in, in the book, which I think is really, really key. Uh, how do you identify what those things are for you, though? I'm sure people are, uh, you know, for your interview, for example, you're naming a couple of points. You also talked about being a tour guide. I mean, are there certain kind of key words that people can sort of hold on to to say, okay, how can you be a tour guide or how can how can you use that phrase? Are, are there any sort of prompts, I guess, is, is the right word to get people started? 
Yeah, I think the big thing to think about is that I mentioned earlier, our brains are lazy and it is amazingly true. This is why we kind of drift out in a meeting and then we come back. We're like, what did I miss? It's because our brain looks for these moments to save calories and just kind of take a break for a little bit. And so what you're trying to do in these descriptions is say something unexpected or say something that's really detailed so that you're putting that fully formed image in your head. So if I say to you, I'm a storytelling tour guide, you sometimes picture like, I don't know, me in a weird hat and whatever, a flag, like let's go, whatever you conceive a tour guide to be. So what you want to be thinking about is what is re- what is a really descriptive statement about me, not just I'm conscientious, I'm hardworking, because no one's going to remember that 20 mm-hmm. seconds later. But how do we know? What does that look like? Get to that level of specificity for these things, because what you're trying to do is remove the cognitive load and put these ideas that are really specific in someone's mind. So when you're preparing these questions or these statements, I always love asking, how do you know? Because don't assume that the person's going to make the connections that you want. Be really explicit and take them there because then they're not spending any calories on that. You've already implanted it in their brain. It's a, a Jedi mind trick. You are forcing them to think what you want them to, which helps so much in an interview. So awesome. So the perfect story, how to tell stories that inform, influence, and inspire by Karen Eber. So everybody needs to grab a copy just is coming out. So uh, definitely grab a copy wherever books are sold. It's also on Audible and uh, of course, Amazon too. So thank you again, Karen. Really appreciate it. Everybody, uh, thank you for listening and definitely find your perfect perfect story for sure. And uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.